I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. I feel like surviving that intro was hard after <laughs> seven different attempts. <laughs> I'm sorry for being so rubbish on a Sunday morning. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. How have you been? What have you been up to? I feel like we've had no... Actually, I know what you've been up to, because we went to Amsterdam. We went to Amsterdam amazing. together. It was exhausting, oh. but so amazing. It was it's something we've spoken about doing for, like a few years now mm. and we just decided that it's kind of now or never how many times in the future are we going to want to sit on a bus for 25 hours to get to Amsterdam and spend what 10 hours there I don't think hours. it's even that yeah. we basically we so it's Easter weekend and in the UK for the Easter weekend did you know not all not everywhere does this but yeah. for the Easter weekend in the UK you get the Friday and the Monday off as well and we didn't want to take any annual leave we wanted to save as much as possible so we took a coach from London to Amsterdam on the third overnight on Thursday via Antwerp with a three hour layover in Antwerp at 3am which so wasn't was... as bad as I thought it was going to be yeah I mean it wasn't ideal but I didn't Helly didn't realize till we were at Dover that we were literally outside for part of that whereas I'd I realized it I was terrified and then I just internalized it and got over it so I felt like when we got to border control and I was like oh I hope it's not like this windy and cold when we're standing outside <laughs> your face was like what? I just, it was weird. I, I don't know why. I think I assumed that the train station was going to be like an airport where even though no, no, <laughs> even though nowhere is leaving from there, I just assumed the train station would be open and we'd be able to sit inside. I think no. that was what I assumed in my head. I mean, in reality, the first train left at 4.30am yeah, and we fine. were able to go into the train station and it was fine. Yeah, and we were together and there were a lot of people in the same boat, so I wasn't so concerned. And it was quite warm as well. Oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. But then we got to Amsterdam, went out to Kuchenhof by the bus rented bikes and cycled around all the tulip fields oh, which gorgeous. were oh, just as gorgeous as we hoped they would be it's so so pretty and the weather could not have been more perfect it was perfect like it wasn't too hot it was like 21 degrees mm-hmm. sunny it was just really really lovely and then we went back into amsterdam and then we went for dinner uh, realized our coach was an hour earlier than we thought it was so we did a bad. mad dash <laughs> we did a complete mad dash to get to the um bus depot yeah. i don't quite know how we made it like the stars aligned they really did i'm convinced we had a guardian angel that day yeah i mean barely it was just we only made it because our train from amsterdam got delayed by a minute yeah. and we like i've never run and like i was it. standing in the doorway like blocking it until you and came up the steps so we we had cycled at this point 10k and we'd walked like twenty thousand steps so our legs were killing us and also didn't... basically hadn't slept for like oh. 24 hours because we'd been on this sodden coach and And we were exhausted and we had our huge backpacks on our back. So running through Amsterdam bloody central station. Where there is no signage. Amsterdam, sort your bloody public transport out. I got grey hair. Public. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired still. I'm so traumatised I can't speak properly. But I have grey hairs from that experience. (laughs) I can attribute a grey hair to Amsterdam central. I'll be sending them the bill. But um, it was it was, it was was so worth it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so much fun. And then we were actually back in London. By 7am on the Saturday morning, which then meant we still had all day Saturday, Sunday and Monday of the bank holiday weekend to go and do our own thing and recover and see family and... Yeah, I don't feel like I recovered really because I then went and did a tour of Canterbury, a trek around Bedgebury Forest and then... Yeah, and... Uh... I didn't relax that much, but it was lovely. It was so nice. We had our first, like, like Alex has a chimney in his garden oh, and yeah. we did the first one of those for the year oh, and had cake for his cute. brother's birthday and it was so That's lovely. Cute. See, I feel like I almost recovered and then I went to the midnight showing of a certain new movie <laughs> that then did not finish until 3am. So trooper. then 
I got home at 3.30 and then got up at 8 to go to work. I couldn't have done that. <laughs> I, we really, really wanted to go and do it. I felt this leads nicely onto recommendations because I feel like this is what you were going to talk about. But I really wanted to do it, but we just couldn't get home from London. I mean, yeah, afterwards. you need to. It only works because I'm here in Oxford and it's so Yeah, nearby, and we don't have a car, but... so we couldn't have done it. But with that, shall we move on to recommendations so you can kick it off with... My first recommendation, which is Avengers Endgame. Oh my god. I'm not going to give any spoilers, so don't Yeah, worry. I haven't. I'm not seeing it till this afternoon, so. Yeah, but it is... Everyone who has followed along with the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, I think it's 11 years now that people yeah, have waited. Is. This is, like, the culmination of it, and it is so, so worth it. I mean, three hours, I'm not usually one for long films, but... It just flew by. I was so... And I thought I was going to be tired because obviously it's 3am. But no, it didn't even feel like three hours that we were in there. It was absolutely fantastic. I cried and I'm really annoyed because no one else has told me that they've cried. Yeah, no one... Like Everyone I spoke to, they're like, no, I've not cried. Alex was like, mm, you might cry, but I don't... I don't understand how people can't cry. I think I'll be sobbing. I Because I feel so... Um, I'm going to mention it again. I feel so attached to it because UEA is in it. <laughs> Which we now have mentioned this in two or three episodes of the podcast. I oh, think. well. <laughs> um, but I just, I think I'm going to be so emotional because but, I feel so invested in it all. But that's the thing. I cry. I didn't just cry at sad bits. There are sad bits. I cried at the happy bits yeah, as well. Yeah, I think like, I'll cry more then. I'm a was, happy crier. Yeah, it was so, some of it was so satisfying and so like happy to see wrapped like wrapped up mm. that I was like oh this is what I've waited for and yeah I basically I think you should go and see it and if you've never watched the Avengers now's the time to start so then you can yeah. go and watch this movie so we so before we went to go see it we were like right let's just refresh our memory on the certain key films and there are lists although you have to be careful we're doing it now I guess of um, maybe we can link one in the show notes because we can research it because we'll have seen the film mm-hmm. um, of like the essential ones for the movie and the ones you'll need because there are some that you you don't need but like you need infinity why well, imagine you need captain marvel like there are certain ones you need to understand it whereas there are others like you just don't have you rewatched some yeah did you rewatch iron man 3 no <laughs> shit do i need to you don't need to but everyone I've, who's seen it who i've spoken to has said the exact same thing something happens quite near the end and everyone was like Okay, I'll like watch. I have to like I watch a YouTube video of it on my way over. It's literally one tiny thing. It doesn't like impact on your story. But everyone was like, "But I want to know. <laughs> I want to be in the know." I, yeah, basically, everyone was like, "Who was that?" And it was one from Iron Man three, and no one could obviously remember the Iron Man three movie. Iron Man three was not the strongest yeah. of the Avenger movies. But obviously, no one ever rewatches it. So everyone I've spoken to was like, "Who was that?" Okay. Guy? <laughs> okay, maybe I'll like watch one of those YouTube things. It's like Iron Man three in one minute. Yeah. But um, okay, I'm so excited to see it this afternoon. I can't wait for you to see it so we can discuss. I'm going to call oh. you when I get out. Yes, please do. Okay, it'll be about 6.30, 7pm. I'll give you a call. We'll discuss. I feel like we've been on this one for a while. We have. <laughs> let's, let's swiftly move on. What's your first recommendation? Um, my first recommendation is taking a completely different direction. I've got really into yin yoga. Okay, what's that? So it's basically very slow moving yoga. So I first did it, God, I'm going to sound such a knob now. I first did it when we were in Bali. <laughs> And we went to Yoga Barn and did it, which I know makes me sound like a complete wanker. But yeah, so it's basically you get into a position and then you basically stay in it for an extended length of time. So instead of like moving through a sequence, you do it much more slowly. Um, And I use Boho Beautiful, which I feel like won't be up everyone's street. But it's like... It's set in beautiful, beautiful places. Like she, like she travels all over the world, and she like does so on, it. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, and basically, I have very, very tight hips, and I'm, I'm really bad with my flexibility. 
And as much as I love yoga, sometimes I don't want to do like a full sweaty workout. But mm. actually, yeah. it gets a sweat on me. And it's kind of, um, it's very relaxing. So you really have to like focus on your breathing and yeah. like being in a position where you're not hurting yourself. Yeah. So it does take a lot of concentration. And I've been really enjoying it. I found it oh, nice. really helped me. And it's very good at like, the end of a day or something to do. I really need to work on my flexibility. So maybe it's something... Because I just get bored of doing stuff. Yeah, I do. Well, it's because you're in a position and also you know it's quite difficult to get out of the position. You know you're... Like when you're halfway mm. through and you're like, this is awful. I'm like, well, I'm halfway through. Might to get well out it. of it is going to take me however however long. Yeah. I might as well stay in it and see it through now. Um, so I've been really, really enjoying it. I would highly recommend. Nice. What's your second recommendation? It's a real like simple pleasures recommendation. I'm looking at them now. I literally because they're right here. Candy kittens do the best sweets. They are they're they're vegan and they are just I can't believe I've never told you about these. I feel like I failed you as a friend. I mean, I can't believe I've only just discovered them. I think did my mum my mum bought me a packet or she left a packet for me last weekend. And then now I'm on my second pack. They're so good. But Which ones are, have you tried? I've tried the oh, the purple... Oh, the blueberry, the blueberry ones. ones. They're really, really nice. Blueberry ones, and then the ones we've got right here are watermelon ones. But they are, they're vegan, they're gluten-free, they're made with like natural flavours and fruit juice, and they are just so, so good. They're very Moorish, like once the bag's yeah, open. Yeah, my mouth is watering right yeah, now, mine we've just had one as we started recording. Watering, yeah. I and like... Um, you, where can you get them from? You can get them from Waitrose, you can get them from... You get individual packs from Boots. M&S as well, yeah, you being, can get being them. Being my expert. Like, I know exactly where you can get them all. <laughs> they actually use an advent calendar for Christmas. <gasps> Got one oh every day. Oh, God. Um, but the watermelon and blueberry are my favourite. I quite like the Eaton mess, but the peach ones I could take or leave. Mm, I've not tried those two. Maybe I'll just stick with the ones that I'm, I know yeah. I like. They're very good, though. They're a nice little pick me up i yeah. might get some for the cinema tonight yeah so yeah nice simple little pleasure mm, there nice. um what about you what's your last recommendation my last recommendation is homecoming on netflix the beyonce kind of like movie of her coachella performance last year yes oh god yes i'm actually only about halfway through it is a long watch like it is a feature length movie length yeah you it's it's two and a half hours almost it's really long but it's so good and it's fascinating like to watch her perform is just incredible. I think it's that, but also you see the work that goes into oh my the, God, behind the, work, the scenes. Like the whole, um, we were watching part of it last night and I was reading articles at the same time and like just like the, the level of detail and the messages she's trying to get across and like the thought process behind things is just incredible. It's like, very deliberate. Like yeah, everything yeah. is for a reason in it and it took eight months. And she did it after she'd had the twins, which I just... Uh, she had a C-section for the twins and then did Coachella eight months later. That is insane. Yeah, because in Homecoming, you see her like getting back into shape from having had the twins. So it's not just getting back into shape after having, a ch- ch- like after having children. She's also putting on like what is going to be a huge globally known yeah. performance. Yeah, it is incredible. I actually read a really interesting article alongside it that was like, none of us are Beyonce and none of us should try to be because the level of sacrifice she has made for that is not normal. It is not healthy for the average person. Yeah. It's like you said, it's a, she's had a 20-year career and she's 37. 37. Yeah. Can you imagine having had a 20-year career like that in one single... Like, yeah, she's in, like it's incredible. incredible. I think even if you aren't a huge Beyonce fan, because I know there are people who are a bit like, oh, Beyonce, I roll. You have to give her credit for the hard work and the hard work of all of her team and the other people. What I really liked about it was that she wasn't like, I've done this. She's like, it took the commitment of everyone. Yeah. From like costume designers through to the choreographers, the dancers, everyone. Yeah. 
gave their all. And I think that's such a nice message because so often that's missed and it's like, I'm amazing. Yeah. And, and you see her there like hanging out with them. They're all dancing together. Yeah. Like they're, they're all going through it together for eight months. Like, so yeah, it's, it's amazing to see. It is absolutely. Um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I just, I loved it. And the, the album of the show is now on Spotify. So you can listen to it. The big band mm. version of Single Ladies is a personal favourite. So crazy isn't crazy in love. Both of them. They both are. And yeah. the big band is amazing. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. And I would. It's nice background watching as well. Just pop yeah. it on. I'd highly recommend. But shall we move on to our topic for this week, which is really relevant to Amsterdam because we're going to be chatting all about budget travel. So as Charlotte just said, um, we feel like this week's topic is really fitting because we've just come back from Amsterdam and um, obviously travel is something that is very close to my heart, but it's something that we both love to do. And I think it's really important to emphasise that we don't just book a holiday and splash Mm. loads of cash and go away whenever we want to. There's actually a lot of planning and a lot of budgeting that goes on behind it. So we thought it'd be really interesting and a really good idea to share kind of three main areas that we try and budget for a lot more to save money and also get the most out of our trips. Yeah, definitely. I think for both of us, like Helly just said, we both love travelling, but we can't just drop however much on a holiday and just go off. We have full-time jobs, we have like other expenses in our lives and we have to really think things through. And when like, like for example, when I went to Bali last year, it was a very well thought out trip. It was planned for a long time. It wasn't like yeah. I just dropped the cash. And I think when you look online, particularly on places like Instagram, and you see how travel is done online, you can think people are just dropping cash here or there and everywhere to just see somewhere. Yeah. And actually, that isn't how most people live. And it's certainly not how we do it. Yeah, I think this is all about being very real about how we budget for travel. Because most of the population who are looking at all those very idealistic images online most of those people have regular jobs. They probably like us and don't have the biggest salary in the world. Yes. <laughs> um, so budgeting is really important. Um, and I think one of the main expenses that everyone worries about from the start is their transport. Um, yeah. Because often flights are that biggest expenditure. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a lot of tools out there that are really useful and really helpful to find the best flight that works for you. Um, I know from my experience, I don't know what you prefer, but I use Google Flights. So I hadn't used Google Flights until about six months ago when you recommended it to me. And before Mm -hmm. then, I only used Skyscanner. I don't think the deals on Skyscanner now are as good as they were previously. I think more people have started using it. But with Google Flights, you can put in where you're traveling to and from and then track it. So it will email you if the flights change or if it's likely to change. Yeah. So when we first looked at flights to go to New York for my birthday, which we're now not doing, but um, we... Like I put it in and then over the course of a month, like our flights really dropped in price and I got a notification every time. Yeah. So that's a, if you're not in a hurry to book your flight, that's an amazing way to save money on it. Yeah, absolutely. That notification tool is, I, I use that all the time. I track flights to places I'm not even going to go. I've tracked yeah. flights to Iran because I want to know. Yeah, I'm just curious. I <laughs> yeah. just like it. Yeah, I just want to know. But the other great thing that I love about Google Flights, and this is an amazing way to save money. If you want to go on holiday and you don't really care where you go, the great thing about Google Flights is you can put in like your start point, say London, and then as your destination, you can type in, say, Europe, and it will bring up on a map all of the cheapest places for the dates that you put in. And then you can also tick for it to be flexible, like three days, five yeah. days each way. But if you're not fussy about where you want to go, 
I mean, that's how I've ended up going to the Algarve last summer because I was like, I want to go somewhere hot for a weekend. Yeah. Where can I go that's on a weekend that's cheap? And I ended up finding flights there for 60 quid return. Well, that's how we've done it. So we're going on a girls trip at the end of May, beginning of June. And we pretty much did that. I was like, we just want, like, these are our criteria of where we want to go. And we kind of had a rough idea and we put it in a mortar came out as the most affordable. Yeah. And actually, I think for most people, most people don't have just one place they only want to go. Yeah. And I think if you approach it with quite an open mind of like, I want to go, like, I want to visit a new country in Europe. I want to visit a state in North America. If yeah. you come with it at a really open mind, it can lead you on some really amazing adventures. Yeah. Like, that's definitely. kind of like, I mean, that's how you've done a lot of your trips. That's how I've ended up going to a lot of countries in Europe over the past few years. Because it's been that thing of, we're not that fussy, let's see where the flights are cheap. or Yeah. And it's just a really cool way to do it. Yeah, and there's a lot out there that people don't think of. Like, when I went to Macedonia and Albania, yeah, people don't really think to go there. But the flights from London are insanely cheap because they're not popular routes. Yeah, it's like our flights to Montenegro. Yes, there's only one flight a week. Well, there might be more now, but when we went, there's only one yeah. flight a week. But I think our flights came like 60 quid or something ridiculously yeah, cheap. Yeah, they were really, really good. But I think it's also important to touch on the fact that flying isn't the only way. Like, we're all aware that flying is one of the biggest stresses on the environment now. Yeah. And if you're scared of flying or flying just isn't within your budget, there are other ways to travel to places that can be so affordable. Like, we got the coach to Amsterdam. Yes, it took literally 10 times as long, <laughs> but it was also cheaper than a single flight to Amsterdam. Yeah. And, you know, there are other ways that you can drive places when you go there, like, or you can get the train, like you can, especially if you're in the UK or based in Europe, you can get the train so easily to places. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, I went interrailing around Eastern Europe and we did 10 countries in a month and we took trains between all of them. Hmm. And yes, that's on an interrail pass, but it was so much cheaper than having flown between all of those places. If you yeah. added up all of those train journeys we took, if we'd have flown that, it would have been ridiculous. And also this kind of maybe leads on a little bit but um if you can take transport like we took the coach or like taking the train you can get overnight ones and that right there has saved you a night on accommodation costs yeah because i find that accommodation is often the thing that i'm like okay i can get i can get a flight to new york like return for 200 quid or whatever but then accommodation there is really expensive yeah and um, finding ways around that is like there are way, like accommodation is always going to be an expense, but I think there are ways to make it cheaper. Like when we went to Bali, we knew we knew certain accommodation would be really, really cheap, but we were like, okay, well, it's a special trip. We don't mind spending a little bit more, but we still managed to save. Because I think Booking.com's offer at the time was like, if you if you book ten nights, then you get like X amount back. So by the end of it, it worked out that we'd got the equivalent of two nights free. Yeah. I think looking for those deals on, they also do deals on Airbnb as well, but booking.com, Airbnb, hotels.com. Yeah, hotels.com do a really good loyalty scheme. They all they all do a load of deals like that. I mean, even Hostel World. So Hostel World's like my go-to when I stay in hostels, which is probably how I cut down on most accommodation yeah. costs. And they do a lot of deals as well. But the great thing about, people turn their nose about hostels a lot. And to be I've fair- I've stayed in some lovely ones. There are absolutely lovely ones. And sometimes it, Sometimes it just doesn't fit what people's kind of ideal of travelling is. Yeah, which is fine. But what's really worth pointing out is that most hostels do have private rooms as well. And if you're someone who wants to keep the budget low but you don't like the idea of sleeping in a 12-person dorm, um, 
there's private rooms in there and they are cheaper. I mean, we stayed somewhere in Paris, which was in a, it was in a hostel, but we were just so exhausted from traveling that we booked a private room and it was 50 pounds. That's amazing. So 25 pounds each for a room in Paris. And it was a room with an ensuite as well. So it's basically a hotel room. Yes, it was, it was basic, but it was clean. It was in a great location. It was a bed for the night. That's literally all we needed. And I think we both agree on this accommodation for us is just a bed for the night yeah the only time in my life it's ever been different is when we went to bali and when we were in the north there is not a lot to do so we're like we actually want to spend a bit more on a hotel here yeah it'd be really nice because what we want that holiday to be is a bit different how it'd normally be but we're going to lisbon in a couple of weeks and we've literally just been like we want somewhere clean safe in a good location where we can rest our heads because we've we're only there for a couple of days and actually like I think it probably is different if you like to be in a hotel and sit around the pool. But for me, and I know the same for you, like that does my head in. I can do it for like a day, maybe yeah. two days. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It does depend on the kind of holidays that you like yeah, to take. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, for some people, the hotel or the accommodation is a priority and that's absolutely fine. But for us, it is just a, a bed for the night. And a lot of the time, like I, I do quite a lot of road trips or kind of like longer journey trips. And at the end of the day, it's just somewhere for us to stop. And, yeah and sleep like that's why i end up staying in motels and stuff in america and again as long as they're clean i don't really care what they look like yeah and i think if you're a bit more open-minded on what accommodation you're happy to stay in then you can get some really great and really cheap deals yeah completely i completely agree and i think the other massive expense when you go away is kind of sometimes an unexpected expense but it's food like yeah. you can spend so much on food especially if you're on a city break and you're like oh but I want to try this place for breakfast and well we're out all day so let's just grab lunch here and then we go yeah. out for dinner quickly you're spending so so much every day and that's fine again like maybe you budget for that and like for when you you go away the treat is that you don't have to cook at all and you don't have to think about it but one thing that we both do and I feel like this is something you've really like rubbed off on me with <laughs> um is like just almost eating how you would at home to an extent like yeah. I will now always have breakfast at home like if there's one if there's like one place we're desperate to try breakfast at then maybe we'll do that on one day yeah. but we would have breakfast at home take a packed lunch with us out because no it might not be cool it might not be glamorous but Jesus you save a hell of a lot of money yeah and also then if you get a bit hangry you don't have yeah. to work because you've got your food with you which yeah. is I mean, packed it in with yeah, I feel like time. that's something we have to accommodate for. Um, and take your own snacks so you're yeah. not constantly like on a train thinking, God, I'm starving. Yeah, and I always take my own snacks, like just whether it's some like nuts, some cereal bars, some fruit. It's, it's really easy to pack things in. It doesn't even have to be like, even if you make your own sandwiches, just put some cheese and some spinach in a sandwich. Like it's not... It's, it doesn't have to be fancy. It does the job. And I think you then don't have to worry about, oh God, where am I going to eat? And especially if you're going like um like when we go to portugal in a couple of weeks we're going to go up to sintra yeah and there aren't a lot of places around there so common sense tells you it's it's going to be at a premium yeah and whilst i might be happy to have like a coffee and a pastry at the top of sintra or like a, a drink i don't want to spend all of my budget on lunch there i'd rather wait yeah. and go for a nice dinner so it's like prioritizing how you're going to spend the money and planning it out a little bit because i do think it's important if you go to some places to experience the cuisine definitely it's like, one of my favorite parts of traveling i do love to do that but i think this is where i differ a lot from a lot of people i'm not a foodie in no, that sense not. i would rather save money and eat somewhere cheaper than splash out to experience like a major part of, of the country's cuisine i do yeah. like to experience it but i'm not going to i'm not going to drop 50 quid on a meal just to experience something 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm more than happy, like you said, make your own breakfast in your accommodation, take your lunch and your snacks with you. And then I'm happy to spend a bit more on a nice dinner in the evening, either at a nice restaurant or maybe if it's a great location, if you've got like a nice view or yeah. stuff like that, I'm really willing to pay a little bit more for. And I, and I often will and that's fine because at the end of the day, you don't want to be... You want to enjoy your trip. You don't Definitely. want to be stingy. As much as this is a budget guide, obviously you want to enjoy yourself. But equally, you shouldn't have to feel as if you need to drop a load of money just to try yeah. a local cuisine. Also, if it's that authentic, it shouldn't actually cost yeah. you a lot. Yeah, authentic cuisine should not be costing you the earth. Yeah, like, it really unless, shouldn't. Unless you're outrightly going to like Michelin star restaurants. Yeah, and then you kind of know what you're getting into anyway. Yeah, I would say another massive way that like Alex and I often save when we go away is that we don't really drink alcohol. And for me personally, like I might have a beer or I might have like an apple roll or something, but we aren't big drinkers in the UK. So when mm. we go on holiday, we're never going to drink a lot. Um, and for us, that isn't a sacrifice at all. I get for some people it might be, but if you're away and you're in a restaurant or something, you're going to be paying more for alcohol. It's the quickest way to cut your costs, especially if you're going somewhere like uh, when we were in Morocco to drink, to have a drink when we were out was a lot of money because typically it, it like alcohol isn't drunk. Or if you go to Sweden and they tax it very highly when you're out. Yeah. If you really want to drink, like get a beer and have it at home. This is a big thing that me and Taylor do because we're quite into craft beers and yeah. breweries and stuff. What we'll try and do is we will outrightly look for breweries in new places. That's kind of our thing that we like to look mm. for. I mean, we won't go crazy. We will literally go in and have one yeah, and then try each other's nice. and that's it. But if we're somewhere new, we'll go to a supermarket and we'll buy a bottle each, usually completely different beers, take them back to the hotel or hostel, wherever we're staying and drink them there. Yeah. And it is so much cheaper to buy from from a like local supermarket or shop than it is to buy it from from a bar yeah definitely and I think you know it's that's what we did in Montenegro like we just went to the supermarket every night and picked out two beers to try and it was like less than a quid each if we'd gone to a bar to do that we would have it still would have been comparatively cheap to home but we probably would have been paying like two quid yeah and it's those little savings and it meant at the end of the week when we were on the beach we went crazy and decided to treat ourselves to an Aperol each at six quid and we were like well actually we saved so much money elsewhere we can make peace with having one drink and that was Mm. more for the experience of yeah. just sitting on a sunny beach in October, being able to have an Aperol yeah. with your friend. And I think that it's like prioritising it slightly differently and it saves us so much money. Because I think that's the thing about budgeting your travel. Everyone still has different priorities, yeah. whether you prefer to spend more on accommodation, whether you're, you're a bit of a foodie and there's certain places you want to eat at. Even if you're someone who prefers to fly like business class rather than in economy like everyone has their priorities of how they'd rather spend their money but it doesn't mean you can't cut back and save in other areas definitely like it doesn't have to be because I'm definitely thinking like when you go on holiday um it should be a treat and you should kind of relax a bit and lean into it and not have to think right how how am I gonna do this and all of that but it's finding that balance of like not there's nothing worse than coming back from a holiday and I've certainly been guilty of this of coming back from a holiday and thinking shit when's payday because I'm broke now because I've just lived beyond my means because I'm on holiday and I've been like I'm on holiday it's fine and then you just have the stress of when you come home and that's not that's not fun like but I feel like those three areas of like transport accommodation and food they're really really easy areas to cut down on so then you do have more money to spend on 
experiences that you want yeah. there whether that's visiting a museum whether it's going to some sort of attraction where it's doing whether it's doing like a big expensive activity like yeah there's such easy ways that you can if you're happy to sit down and shop around a little bit for flights and for accommodation yeah. it's totally totally doable and then you've just got more more money to play with when you're there and to spend how you would like to spend it yeah and I think for us like travel's a massive priority and I think it's really easy that like you see everyone else. It's particularly when you're in your 20s. It's like you don't have any responsibilities. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have kids. Of course, like I'm talking for us. There are obviously people who do. But for the majority of people, this is a time in your life where you have a lot less responsibility. And you want to make the most of that and travel. And that pressure of being like, I want to see the world. But also, I have bills to pay. I have a future to save for. Knowing there are like really easy kind of like just hacks, I guess, to save a little bit here and there it makes all the difference because there's no way we could have afforded to just fly to Amsterdam for a couple of nights. Yeah. Go out to see the tulips, have a wander around the city and then fly back in. Like that just was never going to be within we, our budget. We probably would have spent more than double what we spent in total. Oh, easily. 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 Well, our, our single flight was like 120 quid and our coach was 110 both ways. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is that there are really easy ways to make those cuts and like you said in our 20s is the entire like is the ideal time to do it and a lot of people do often ask me like how do you travel so much with a full-time job mm. it is about those priorities and what you do with your money and how you budget your money and your time yeah definitely and for me i don't i don't buy an awful lot of other stuff and i do still save money for my future it's not it's not one or the other you can't it, it's not a case of I'm going to spend all my money now and just resign myself to the fact that I'm not going to have any savings when I hit 30. Yeah. It's possible to make savings, prioritise your money and prioritise how you want to spend your weekends. I mean, yes, Amsterdam was exhausting. Oh, I was knackered. We sacrificed our... our, Sleep. um, Cleanliness. Our cleanliness. (laughs) Cleaned um, our teeth in airport toilets. Like, it wasn't... This is the thing. It wasn't glamorous. It wasn't classy. It wasn't, like, Instagram moment every single second. But it was really fun. Yeah, it was Um, fun. And that's what we did to save money. It was such an adventure. And to still have the experience we wanted. I just think it was... It's one of those things where everyone everyone said to me, oh, would you do it again? Like, you're mad doing that. And I was like, 100%. Yeah. Because, yes, I didn't sleep well. And no, I couldn't just, like... We were changing in toilets and it, like... There was a moment when we were changing in the loos and we were in Amsterdam and I was just like, I, can't, I literally don't have the room to put my trousers on. This is a nightmare. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I just want to be home in my bed. But then I'm like, I wouldn't change it because we had so much fun. We wouldn't have had a chance to do it another way. And the reason we went was to see the tulips and to like have an adventure together. And that's what we did. Yeah. And the chances are... In five years' time, no, we wouldn't do that. We would yeah. not sit on a bus for that amount of time to spend that short amount of time in Amsterdam. Um, our money priorities might be different then, and we've got a mortgage or a family, or like you don't know how things are yeah. going to change. So, if you're able to suck up the lack of sleep and have a little adventure like that, there is literally no reason you can't do that on a weekend. Like, use yeah. the buses in Europe. The buses yeah, are so cheap, amazing. Like. In fact, that should probably be a recommendation. Yeah, buses. Buses are really cheap. In Europe, you've got Flixbus, Go Euro, and Omnibus. And they're like the three main companies that are basically have a bus network all over Europe. Um, I would totally recommend just checking them out. If you're, I did because I did the same a couple of years ago. I went to Paris that trip where we were in the oh, yeah, hostel. Yeah, you did. You. Um, we went from London to Paris on an overnight bus. So again, we didn't spend money on that first night of accommodation because we were actually on the bus, and we spent all of Saturday in Paris. Got the hostel accommodation overnight. 
half of the day Sunday and then caught the bus back to London. And again, just check out the buses. If you've got that time to do a short trip over a weekend, it is totally doable. Yeah, and also I think people think, oh, well, it takes so long to do. But you're like, okay, but you have to get to an airport two hours before you fly. You then have the bit where you're on the flight. Then you at the other end when you go through passport and you pick up your luggage, all of that. Flying isn't always the quickest way mm. to do something. And plus, if you've got to drive to an airport to even get there in the first place. Pay for like, parking. I'm right. about two hours away from an airport. So I'd have two hours. I've got to be there before. So that's four hours. Then two, two hours for a flight. Another hour at the other end. All of a sudden, you've the whole process is taking you like seven or eight hours anyway. Yeah. So yeah, just have a look. Give it a go. Have an adventure. That's what your 20s are for. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, it's one of those things like when you're right, maybe in five years time, my priorities would be very different. Like, I feel like there was a finite time in my life when I was willing to spend my money on a night out and sleep on someone's floor. And like, yeah. do that. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing that now. I want a bloody bed. I'm yeah. over that. I've done that. And I feel like in a couple of years time, I'll probably feel the same about doing stuff like this. Yeah. And then when we're in like our 50s, and maybe like, I don't know, we're free again, because if we've had kids, they've sodded off to do their own thing. Again, we'll probably be in a very different position. Yeah. So would then want to do things differently. Like your parents travel very differently to how we travel. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just that thing of like priorities are very different. And I think have the adventure, have the story. As long as you're safe and you're not taking risks you wouldn't take at home. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Use your common sense and just have, have a good time. That's what you Yeah. That's what your twenties are there for. Exactly. Use I, them. I think that wraps it up really nicely for this week. Yeah. Um, We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have any exciting adventures coming up, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to discuss travel. So please let us know. Or if you've got any tips or if you want any tips. Yeah, especially from Heli. She's like an encyclopedia of travel knowledge. I'm just like, help me. Do you want people at work come to me and they're like, I want to go away somewhere, but I don't know where. Can you just look into some stuff? And I'll put them together like six or seven different options with like flights and accommodation. I did think this, but I was like, does that mean I'm just a A travel travel agent? agent. (laughs) I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but equally, I'm like, send me a booking.com link. I mean, that's true. Make a nice little. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch, you can, as always, on the 20s are hard Instagram page or via the email address, which is in the show notes at 20s are hard at gmail.com. And we will speak to you in a couple of weeks. When will we both be away when that episode goes live? No, it'll, it'll be just it before. It goes live on the 15th, yeah, so it's so just then, before we both go away. Yeah, Heli goes away to New York the following day and then I go to Lisbon. So there will be lots of travel-related adventures coming up to share, hopefully. Very excited. Yeah, and um, yeah, we'll speak to you all soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>